Welcome to the LifeWay Student Ministry Podcast. I'm Ben Trueblood with John Paul Basham. Yeah. We are here with you for another episode. Thank you for joining us. If you have never left a rating and review, we would love for you to do that. It helps other people find this podcast as they search for student ministry content. We are available on both iTunes, where you can leave that rating and review, and Spotify, uh, which, of course, you already knew one of those because you're listening to one of them right now. The other way that you can get it is through subscribing to the podcast, and it can you can get a notification every time we release a new episode, which is weekly. So thank you for doing that. We appreciate it so much. Today's episode is one that I... So we try to do several things with the podcast. We want to be an encouragement to you as a student pastor and leader in student ministry. We try to challenge you on some things. We we try to give you practical tools that you can use in your student ministry. Uh, we, we throw some strategy, philosophy, all those things out there, but it is all directed and the focus comes in with we want to support and come alongside you as you lead student ministry. Today is going to be one of those super practical things, but a key issue in student ministry, and that is creating a culture in your ministry where your students are involved and engaged in sharing their faith. I want you as a listener to just think in your mo- in your mind for a moment. Just think about how many students you believe are engaged in sharing their faith. Now, let me be clear on this. That doesn't mean the question is not how many of them are sharing their faith every day. But how many of them are engaged in sharing their faith? And I would include in that students in your ministry who are purposefully building relationships with people who don't know Jesus and sharing Jesus with them along the way. Okay, so I'm not talking pure, let's count up all of the gospel presentations this week, but those who have a heart to share the gospel. So that shows up in the kinds of relationships they build. It shows up in the speech that they use. It shows up not just saying, hey, I'm going to live a good life in front of this person, but actually moving to share the words of the Jesus story at some point in that relationship. So somebody who is engaged in sharing the gospel. John Paul, as we kick this off, here is a question for you in terms of percentage. All right. How many students in the average student ministry, you get to be in front of, uh, both of us do, get to be in front of a lot of student ministries. We talk to a lot of student pastors throughout the year. You're going to ask me to give you a stat right now? Yeah, but it's a made up one, (laughs) (laughs) as all good statistics are. But just in anecdotal observation, as you've talked with student pastors, how many of them believe a majority of their student ministry is engaged in sharing the gospel. I don't know that I've ever talked to any student pastor that would say the majority of my kids are engaged in sharing the gospel. Yeah, which again would be sharing it or purposefully building relationships to do so. Yeah, I think this is always the... The select few. This is always the, man, there's these three or four kids, you know, that... You, you know, the leader or somebody else has really dove in, dove into. 
Yeah. Is that a word? Dived. <laughs> I've divin. Engaged with. <laughs> discipled even. Yeah, yeah. That are really doing it. And, and those are the ones that are like, man, see that girl? She's doing it. You know, yeah. you point out the one or two, which is an indictment on Christian Christian culture and and sometimes our our own our own leadership of those students that we don't have more of those that that that's not the norm but yeah I'd, I've never talked to a student pastor that said man the majority of my kids are regularly speaking the gospel to their friends yeah man I think I think one of the ways that perhaps we in student ministry have hindered that process unintentionally is by being of the mindset of, hey, all you've got to do is bring your friends here and we'll make sure they hear the gospel. Yeah. And kind of taken what Jesus did when he finished his time on earth and the command that he gave us. And we've kind of taken that and put that on the church as an organization's shoulders rather than helping people as the church, the the body of Christ, continue to carry the responsibility and the burden of of being people that are engaged in sharing the gospel. And so like I would say, I mean, even looking back, like if people have been listening to the podcast for a while, they know that we, that we serve together uh, on student ministry staff in a church before coming here to Lifeway. And I would look back and even say of my own ministries that I've led, that there have been moments where I have relied too much on, man, I don't see you engaging in this in the way that I would like for you to. So instead of doing the hard work of helping you and moving you to get to that point, man, just bring them here and we'll make sure they hear the gospel. And I think the righteous motivation there, one, is that they're going to hear the gospel. And two, that, man, if they can just see their one friend come to know the Lord, then that is going to kickstart them to be engaged in gospel sharing and gospel concerned relationships in their lives every day. But man, like I would look back and say, there have definitely been times where I've skipped the hard work in order to just say, Hey, just bring your friends. That's all you got to do. And we'll take care of the rest. Yeah. And I agree with what you said that we'll often fall into that place. Like, man, let's just, Let's get them to a place where they're seeing their friends become Christians and then pray that that motivates them unto a a desire to share the gospel. But I've not seen that be the case. Yeah. That that by itself is enough to put them over the edge. But when it, I remember one mission trip that I didn't go on uh, and that now I think that was the Lord protecting me and being kind to me because all y'all came back with some kind of chicken disease. (laughs) We went to the Dominican Republic and like, you know, you go on these mission trips and the people that you serve with, they always want to cook for you at the end of the week. And sometimes that turns out better than others. Yeah. And this was a dark place. And it was on a grill and you couldn't really see the chicken when you cut into it. And it was a little still on the uh, underdone side, which you never want to eat a medium chicken. No. 
But so over the course of that mission trip, there were, uh, well, I guess all of the students. You, you, you should probably tell this story because <laughs> I just admitted that I wasn't there. No. But this was one of those times where all there was to do was preach the gospel. That's all the missionary wanted you guys to do, just go out and talk about Jesus with people in the streets. And the the students that went on that mission trip were, like, shocked. Like, that worked. Right. We just went out and preached Jesus, and they got saved. We didn't build stuff. We didn't do a backyard Bible club. Yeah. And that is the motivator. Right. They They were put into a situation where that is what there was to do, and they... They spoke that gospel into the lives of people and saw them and saw them come to know Christ. And that is a motivator. Yeah. Because they, they took part in that and you, you feel the ministry of the Lord working through you and using you in that way. And and that's what drives you to the next the next time that you sit across the lunch table, even back home with someone and you feel that prompting. Now you have a history of the Lord's faithfulness at like Man, last time I felt this prompting, uh, somebody got saved when I yeah. spoke into that. And you have the reps yeah. to, to do it. So actually, the temptation, again, in student ministry is to leapfrog that step and say, if they see their friends come to know the Lord at our church, that's going to kickstart them. And that actually, it doesn't. The thing that gets them doing this is actually beginning to do it. Doing it the other way is saying, like, I, I want to be able to hit a baseball better. So I'm going to bring in this coach and let him hit 50 baseballs, and I'm just going to watch. Yeah. And that's going to make me a better hitter because I'm just going to watch this other person that knows how to do it professionally hit 50 baseballs. Man, that's really good. I like baseball. <laughs> so it just can't. But that is... That is what we do. And again, like I want to make sure that you as student pastors in the listening audience, like I want to make sure you know, listen, I'm, I'm not we're not getting down on you for this. I've been in the same boat that you are. And the motivations can be righteous, but the application can still be wrong. Getting them to building a culture where people, your, your teenagers are engaging in gospel relationships and sharing their faith comes from actually sharing their faith and being in gospel relationships, which if you back up a couple steps from that, they have to be taught. Yeah. Like that is a thing that is taught and caught. Right. Which they also learn. I mean, they, they learn. So on one hand, you can't rely on, to use your illustration, the, the baseball coach the pro watching them do it and just believe that in that in watching you'll know exactly how to do it and know how that's supposed to feel and be able to replicate that but at the same time it is important for students to see you doing that and so yes. there is tremendous but this is a both and absolutely it, it, is. this is not you need to teach your students how to preach the gospel so that you can stop and do something else You've been called and gifted to do this too, and you have a responsibility 
where it is your place of leadership to model that and to be faithful to that call that God's given you because you're called to preach the gospel too. Yeah. Not just from the stage. Right. Because I think the thing that we do as student pastors, and again, like if we, how many of you have ever been guilty of this? Like my hand is going to go up here too. The easiest thing in the world to do as a pastor or student pastor is to stand on a stage and say, all of you need to share the gospel. And then walk off the stage and look around and your Christian bubble has become so tight around you that you don't even know a lost person to go share the gospel with. Yeah. That happens so easily because so much of our time as church leaders is around church people. Or have you ever had had the moment where there's opportunity, really great ministry opportunity, and you just say like, man, it's Saturday, like this is my day <laughs> off. Like I just I just want to show up to the grocery store and get what I need and leave. I don't want any part of this like, you know, cash register conversation that has just presented itself. Yeah. Man, it's so it's so easy to just put the head down. And I would think I think too even in that the church invite like when you feel the Holy Spirit. And I think believers in large part have felt this. The Holy Spirit is prompting me to have a spiritual conversation with this person. And sometimes it comes out as, hey, before I go, I would love to invite you to my church. It's blank church. It's right down the road. Thanks. Have a great day. And you walk away knowing, man, God really intended more for me in that. Yeah. Cop out. <laughs> yeah. So the teaching thing. How teaching them how to do this, I think, is another way that we sometimes, another place that we sometimes fail students. Where I'm not saying that methods for evangelism are bad, and there are so many good training methods, training programs, you know, little the Romans Road, even, you know, just you, learning how to use scripture. Yeah. But I think sometimes. We just need to step back with our students and tell them, hey, let's eliminate the fear of not knowing what to say by giving you this instruction. Uh, if you're a Christian, there are some things that God has done in your life that prove to you that God is God. Yeah. There are times in your life when you've said, man, God was good to me there. God carried me there. Just say that. Yeah. You know, sometimes... When we're talking to somebody, we get we get all wrapped up and like I don't if they if they ask this question or that question I don't know what to say and I, and I don't know that I remember all the scriptures from this method and I don't remember all the questions and answer prompts and everything that we were <laughs> man just most people aren't don't care what system you brought <laughs> you know when you pull right. the four spiritual laws out of your wallet you know they don't want to read the pamphlet with you no but they are interested in hearing a genuine story yeah of something that changed your life. Yeah. Man, I think that's huge. And I think this generation more than other, I think that that's true of all people. Yeah. And I think it is only increasing with this generation that, that a relationship that shows I'm willing to love you and listen to you. And then there's a reciprocating effect that when we as Christians show, I'm willing to love you and listen to you, then somebody else is much more likely 
to love and listen to us. And when we come into that conversation, even with somebody who disagrees vehemently with our stances on things, that they would be willing to listen to us because we've shown that we're going to listen to them. Yeah. And listen to them in a way that is not going to say, okay, now let me talk and disprove everything that you've said. But just to say, I hear you. And I, I recognize that that's what you believe or the struggle that you're in or whatever that is. And I think, too, something that we're seeing and maybe an expectation that we need to understand as student pastors is that it's not 15, 20 years ago where you could walk up to someone in a park and at greater frequency, they're going to on the spot place their faith in Jesus. Certainly that happens. The Holy Spirit's going to do what he wants to do. So I'm not removing that as a possibility. But I think in terms of teenagers, what we're seeing now in our culture is a longer process where they listen, they think, they mash it up against all of the messages and belief systems that they hear in culture and that they see through social media. I think the process for many, again, I'm, never, I'm not going to use all in this, but the process for many is longer and does come through relationship rather than a I've never seen you before cold call type of experience. Now, again, certainly the Holy Spirit's going to do what he wants to do. But in ministry to teenagers where you are planted in your community and doing student ministry, I think our expectation that we need to help our students understand is that this is a longer process. It's not something that if you don't make it happen tomorrow at lunch, then you're a failure as a Christian. Yeah. Yeah, and I think just culturally understanding how many voices are speaking into the lives of any one person that you're talking to is one of the big differentiators between today and 20 years ago, like you mentioned. You know, there. Uh, not that I'm an expert on 20 years ago because... I wasn't very old 20 years ago. <laughs> but just knowing the you know the, the number of things that that a person is being confronted with uh, as far as messages and how you should live and what you should do and what you should think and where you should be at any given time and what should your stance on this be and uh, what political party does that mean that you align with and wh- whatever all of those things are. Yeah. Um, all of that, like you said, has to be filtered and, and is filtered today. And so there's a, it's, it's okay. It's okay to let somebody take the time and weigh those out and let the Lord start to sort that out in their heart and in their, in their mind over the course of a building relationship. Yeah. So if we could try to jump into the mind of a student for a second in an attempt to help student pastors create a culture in which their students engage in gospel relationships and sharing the gospel. Why is a student hesitant to take the step into the words of sharing, here's how Jesus changed my life? Well, I mean, we know there's, we could sit here and name reason after reason i think some of the some of the top ones would be that they're not confident in 
in their own faith. Yeah. So lack of time in the word to feel like they can really articulate what they believe. Yeah. I think is a big one. Um, that's one that I know I've heard from my students yeah. over and over and over again. I don't know enough about the Bible. And that's part of where I think that's, this is not, it's not like that's an acceptable loss there. Like just talk about what God has done in your life. You don't need the Bible. I'm not <laughs> saying that, <laughs> but I do think they don't realize that there's a stair step into that that can be had. You know, somebody that comes to know Christ can share Christ with somebody else 10 minutes after they became a Christian. You yeah, know? that's right. God just saved me, you know? Yeah. Here's what happened in my life. And that same power can save the next person. They just turn around and and tell, Yeah. you know? And so there's not the weight of salvation is on the shoulders of the Lord. Um, and so I think there's kind of a dual sided thing there that's in, that's in the minds of students that I'm scared that my own testimony is not enough. And I'm scared that I don't know enough about God and the Bible and both of those things playing in. And so I'm not, I'm just not going to say anything. Yeah, man. So a solution there is, for your ministry to have a culture where students are engaged in sharing the gospel is to have a culture that is engaging in God's word. I mean, we would say this about purity and holiness and like we would say this about any other thing that attaches to the Christian life and that if your ministry is rooted in God's word and students because of that are increasing in their intake of God's word both in the times that you have them and on their own, then the other stuff is going to come along with that. Like if your ministry is focused on, I just want these kids to behave in this certain way, then you can achieve that for a time, but it's not going to be long lasting because the heart was never transformed. And so if your ministry is, ministry culture is, man, we are going to point kids we're gonna, to Jesus all the time then they're going to get to a place where that naturally flows from their lips as well. And I think part of what you're saying about the balance of, yeah, like we need to be continually in God's word. And we also need to understand that we can just share what happened in our lives and that's going to carry a lot of weight. And I think helping a student understand you don't have to have the perfect presentation, like you mentioned, and you don't have to be the perfect Christian to do this. Like they're not, the, the person that you're sharing with, and if you have a relationship with them, they're not going to be looking for you to know every scripture, to have every answer. And I think it's very disarming to someone to say, if there's something you can't answer, look, I'm still growing in this too. But here's what I know, and here's what I've experienced myself with this. And yep. I don't have all the answers for you right now. But I do have this answer. Yeah. And like, so you as a student pastor that are listening to this, you're probably going, well, of course. Like, I understand all that you're saying. But yet, 
we have a shortage of students that are living this way. So we all understand and have probably said these things in student ministry, but it takes so much repetition and teaching and training for them to actually begin to make these connection points. And I think that may be a place where, where it's not happening. Well, and when we talk about scripture intake and the importance of a student having an, an intimate knowledge of the word and how that's going to drive evangelism, and just a compassion generally for the people around them enough that would drive them to want to talk about Jesus. I think a huge piece that's missing that I will say I did not do a good enough job of um, emphasizing is scripture memory. Mm because part of you know I've had a lot of students that I know are in the Bible regularly and could tell me what they learned a couple of days ago in scripture or that week in scripture but two three four weeks ago it's it's still kind of like man I don't really remember yeah what I learned back there Uh, unless they're in a you know there's a real specific plan that they're in. I'm not saying that's always the case, but more often than not, we tend to forget some of those things that we read two or three weeks ago that we said, oh man, that is incredible. And I'm going to live by that. And then it's like, what did I read? (laughs) So I think if we would do a better job as student ministry leaders to help our students memorize scripture that we then gave them handles for and we're constantly readdressing these things. This is why this piece of scripture is important. Let's re- let's repeat it. Let's put it into our life. Let's put it on a t-shirt. Let's you know, however you're going to drive that into their lives and then showing them how to apply that. I think sometimes that is more effective in the in the conversations. Uh driving those scriptures in and giving them handles for how to use that and why it's important than just giving them the reading plan. Yeah. Man, I think if we could draw a line from engaging God's Word uh, and into what about like apologetics to help them understand how to answer some of these questions and give them more confidence. I think a caution that I would give based on what I've seen happen when that's the approach is, man, our kids, our kids, are, kids in our ministry aren't sharing the gospel it's because they don't feel like they have the answers. So let's ramp up our apologetics or even our doctrine to be able to give them the answers that they need. I think a caution that I would give there based on what I've seen is that if you don't specifically state that at the beginning and every week throughout and build in opportunities to put sharing your faith in action as a part of that, then it subs in for invite your friends to church. It will just become something else that skips over the step of them, of it actually becoming a part of who they are. And it turns into, we sit in a room and we learn apologetics and we learn doctrine, which are great things, but we never actually put that into practice in what we stated at the beginning we were going to do. And yeah. so the caution with that approach is that all, all we're doing again is replacing showing them and walking with them and giving them opportunities and how to do it with something else that we will think kickstarts them into it. And it just doesn't happen that way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think often 
in our zeal for the word and our passion to see our students equipped to share the word, we'll often jump into something like systematic theology and apologetics and, and really feel like, oh man, we're giving them all the tools when, when really uh, our time would probably be better served in just more reps in the basics. Because it's pretty clear often looking at a group of students like, y'all don't really know yet how to just be in Jesus day in and day out. That's right. You know, you don't know how to leave here and still act like a Christian. Right. When you get to school. Yeah. And th- and when there's that big of a disconnect, then it's just more programming over here and more um, living like you always do over there. Yeah. And so, again... Uh, like everything I've said today almost feels like don't have them read the Bible all the time as a priority and don't do apologetics and don't give them a plan to evangelize. But I, this is turning out to be a good one. That's not it. No, that's right. But what I am saying is sometimes you just need to throttle back and make sure that what you're teaching your students is as accessible as it can possibly be and that they get the foundational piece of it. Yeah. And they get the the ownership piece of it. This is my faith. Why is it my faith? How does it impact me? How does it change me? How does it dictate the way that I'm going to live beyond this moment? And then when you know that piece has infiltrated every every part of them that they'll at least give you access to, then then build on the other pieces. Yeah. And knowing that your ministry is full of students who are at different places on their spiritual journey. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like we've given disclaimers here too because of the of what we've said throughout this episode. I just don't want an email. <laughs> and I want to give another one. But because <laughs> you, in John Paul and myself, you have two people. And if you've listened to the podcast before, there's no reason to even really say this because we've talked about it a lot. But I feel like in this conversation specifically, it needs to be stated. Like the two of us believe in teaching doctrine and theology to teenagers. Yeah. Like you're listening to two guys that spent 30 weeks in the Westminster Shorter Catechism with their students in small group. Yeah. And a year at a time in Grudem's Bible doctrine book with I don't know how many rounds of students. yeah, Yeah. So like we but we didn't start there either. Yeah. And that's not where, when we served together in Virginia, that's not where the students were when we landed. So to jump into those things right away would have been really foolish. Instead, we had to start with a more basic approach and ground people in what it means to be a Christian and how to read your Bible and progress to other things from there without forgetting the basics. And I think that's one of the things that sparked in my mind as you were talking is that we never really move on from the basics. We just continue building on those. And even students in your ministry that you feel like are ready for diving into doctrine and and beginning to put more skeletal structure to their body of faith, they still need to be challenged and encouraged and taught how to be in God's word every day and how to memorize scripture. Because the worst thing that we could do is move them to a theology book 
where they're reading that every day instead of reading God's word every day. Yeah, that's right. Thanks for listening today to the LifeWay Student Ministry Podcast. Before you go, I wanted to tell you about something that we have launched brand new uh, from LifeWay Students. If you enjoy the podcast, uh, then I want to encourage you to check out the new YouTube channel that has just been launched. It is called Student Ministry That Matters with... Ben Trueblood, that's me. So we've launched a YouTube channel that is focused on helping student pastors grow personally, professionally, and practically. I would love for you to be a part of that community. You can go to YouTube and search Student Ministry That Matters with Ben Trueblood, and you'll find it there. Uh, We are happy to offer that to you as well as another way to just dive into student ministry training and conversation and there specifically with a nod towards growing personally and being a healthy leader. So check that out. And this has been another episode of the LifeWay Student Ministry Podcast.